Talk to us now and go to the TNT Radio interactive live chat room at tntradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Where the story goes, we follow. Chris Smith on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. New South Wales Libertarian John Ruddick coming up shortly, and we'll also get to Sally Grober, women's rights activist as well. Two really good guests coming up on the program uh, shortly. I'll tell you what a top NATO military official has warned the world about what could happen with Russia in about 20 years' time. I'll get to that in just a second, but I want to talk weather. Now, I started the program saying... Hey, if you're in London, you've got uh, minus eight degrees or minus seven degrees, but it'll feel like minus 11. Look, if you've just woken up, it's just gone four o'clock, although now it's just gone five o'clock. Stay there right where you are. Keep listening to TNT. Maybe you could, you know, steal another half hour rest in bed. Well, uh, it's interesting. I got something here from River. River has contributed to the chat box on tntradio.live. And River has said, that is really strange. I was tucked up in bed because it's freezing here in Scotland, or he says Scottyland. Just got up to say, after you saying you had been sober for over a year, it suits you. Uh, you look really well and healthy on my big screen. So it suits, it's it, this goatee kind of thing. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about that, but that's interesting, River. So I was describing exactly what you were going through, tucked up in bed in a freezing morning, more colder, I would have thought, than what it was in London, where you are in Scotland. Uh, Kudos, good sir. Back to bed before I freeze. But I'm still listening, (laughs) River says. And Natalie was a great guest. Well, I'm glad that Natalie was a great guest. Um, No, it's got to come off. I tell you why, it's just itchy. I can't stand it. It's just too itchy for me. So it'll come off. Clean shaven is the way it'll be from Monday. Now, uh, on top of all of that, in terms of weather, an American Airlines plane slid off the runway and into the grass shortly after landing in snowy weather Thursday at New York's Frederick Douglass Greater Rochester International Airport. The uh, Embraer E-145, carrying 53 passengers, had just landed and was being taxied to the terminal at around 4pm when it slipped, FAA and American Airlines officials said, slipped. By about the time that you're taxiing getting close to the terminal, you think all danger is gone, don't you? But not for these people. The scary incident was caused by snowy airfield conditions brought in by light snowstorms across the area, an American spokesperson said. Video shared on social media showed emergency service crews responding to the plane with several firefighters escorting the passengers onto the snow-covered field. Well, at that point, if your plane is starting to slip and is getting close to some kind of ditch or, I don't know, something worse, I'd be happy to go into the snow, wouldn't you? Uh, Fortunately, none of the 50 passengers and crew members were injured. So that's a a happy ending uh, for all of that. Uh, Token human Maggie Mack, which is an interesting title to contribute to a chat box with. But anyway, token human Maggie Mack says, no, 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 Chris, ditch the beard. You look too much like that over-opinionated fellow on 3AW in Melbourne, Neil Mitchell. 
Love you, Chris. Ditch the fuzz. Yeah, it's a bit Neil Mitchellich. Um, uh, there are a couple of other broadcasters around the world that uh, wear that sort of thing. Yeah, that's another reason why I'll get rid of it. He's never said anything nice about me. Yeah, I'll get rid of that as well. Why not? Um, and Tony says, Chris, just keep everyone happy. Shave half of it. <laughs> no, I won't. Back to NATO. Civilians must prepare for all-out war with Russia in the next 20 years, according to a top NATO military official. While armed forces are primed for the outbreak of war, private citizens need to be ready for a conflict that would require wholesale change in their lives. This is Admiral Rob Bauer. He said this on Thursday. Large numbers of civilians will need to be mobilised in case of the outbreak of war and government should put in place systems to manage the process. Well, maybe if we had leaders around the world who actually had half a brain, they could work out that the last thing any country needs, whether you're an aggressor or a defender, is war. So how about you just cut out that alternative and do everything you can to get to the negotiating table and sort out your differences? Because war is the last thing any human being wants apart from egomaniac leaders of nations who think that ordinary people are dispensable. Get over it. This is Chris Smith on TNT. There's a lot going on. So it's important to stay informed and up to date. Get ready, because here we go. At the top, 30 minutes past and when it breaks. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. The leader of the New South Wales Libertarian Party, is John Ruddick, MLC, and he joins us right now. Welcome to TNT, John. Good afternoon, Chris. Good to see you. And I endorse 100% what you just said about NATO. Not only we should be anti-war, but one country we should be really anti-war with is Russia because they've got 6,000 nuclear bombs. There is that. There is that. What, what don't they understand about the whole planet being wiped off? You don't go down that route. Once they acquired nuclear weapons... It was a reason to give up any kind of thoughts of war because that is the end of civilization. No one wins then, John. Look, you know, President Eisenhower used to be General Eisenhower who won World War II in Europe for the Allies, okay? And then he became the president in the 1950s. He was a very popular president, very good president, but he was a big military man. In his farewell address in 1960, he gives a speech to the nation. He says, look, you know, I'm warning America. And this is what American presidents do in their farewell address. They sort of give a, you know, they talk about, you know, what could happen next. He says, look, I am worried about the military industrial complex, mm. which is people making money out of war. Yeah. This clown you've just quoted before says, oh, get ready for war with Russia. They want to keep on a war footing because it makes so much bloody money. Yeah, uh, gives him a promotion. He'll be an advisor for someone. He'll yeah. later move on to write books and make more money and then probably be an expert on CNN. Like, seriously, just give it up. Give it up. Um, now, I want to get back to what we were going to talk about today. Donald Trump has all the momentum going into New Hampshire. Well, look, they've just had the first uh, nominating contest. Trump has broken historical records. Okay, he's got over 50% of the vote. No other, in, no other contested primary or caucus has anyone got anything like that he's on a roll uh we knew this was always going to happen now that we're off to new hampshire next week uh now new hampshire is different because uh there's about a million registered voters in new hampshire a third of them are republicans a third of them are democrats and a third of them are not registered they're independents mm. the rules are in new hampshire that the independents can vote 
Okay, now, uh, now, but they've got an interesting question. They can vote in the Democratic primary or they can vote in the Republican primary. Now, I suspect a lot of independents are going to vote uh, ne next Tuesday because, well, a lot of those independents aren't going to like Trump and they'll just vote for Nikki Haley, you know, yep. stop Trump. Yep. But they also, I think a lot of them think Joe Biden, you know, 82-year-old Senile Joe, uh, should not be the president. So the Democrats are also having a contest and there's this little congressman. He's a very impressive guy. Actually. He's not getting much publicity. That's going up. Dean Phillips. He's running, and I think I think it's possible. You know, he might have a reasonably strong showing. But look, I think Trump will win New Hampshire. I think it'll be close-ish. But then they go off to South Carolina about a month later. Now, Nikki, and Nikki used to be the governor of South Carolina. So you'd think the former governor uh, would win the seat. No, no, yeah. no. Trump's going to smash her in South Carolina, and then the whole thing's over. Right. Okay, let's watch this. It's intriguing, to say the least. Now, his detractors are starting to scratch their heads, certainly after Iowa, about why the public are not as deranged about Trump as they might be. In fact, even J.P. Morgan CEO, a baking giant, Jamie Dimon, had this to say on CNBC. Just take a step back, be honest. He's kind of right about NATO, kind of right about immigration. Mm -hmm. He grew the economy quite well. China, Trade, China ta virus. Tax reform worked. Mm -hmm. He was right about some of China. I don't, th I don't like no, what he did. No, I said China virus. Yeah, I understand. He, he, yeah. he may have been right. He, he, and I don't like how he said things about I Mexico. I don't like. But he wasn't wrong about some of these critical issues. And that's why they're voting for him. And, and I think people should be a little more respectful of our fellow citizens. And when you guys have people up here, you should, have, you should always ask the why. Not like it's a binary thing. You're supporting right. Trump. You're not supporting Trump. Why are you supporting Trump? It's hard to Trump? hate 75 million of your fellow Americans. And it's, I, I agree. It's done quite and, you know, the it. Democrats have done a pretty good job with the deplorables, not hugging onto their Bibles and their beer and their guns. I mean, really? Like, can we just stop that stuff and actually grow up and treat other people with respect and listen to them a little bit? Jimmy, and, and I do think the economy will affect. And I think this, this negative talk about MAGA is going to hurt Biden's election campaign. Isn't that interesting? You know, they're starting to consider what he's actually saying. Instead of being over-obsessed about his cavalier attitude and the things that he exaggerates on, sure, he exaggerates to make his point. Sure, he does dabble in mistruths. Um, and he, has ha he doesn't have a decorum like most politicians that we're used to hearing, but that doesn't mean he doesn't know how to run a country. Look, I was uh, very, very happy that Jamie Dimon, uh, the CEO of Citibank, he's probably the biggest banker in the world, the most powerful banker, and he, he's really reasonably high profile. I thought this was very wise words from him. And, you know, the Democrats, uh, Wall Street used to be Republican Party stronghold. In the last sort of 15 to 20 years, it's become Democrat stronghold because, you know, they like the crony capitalism and they like the subprime crisis where Obama bailed them all out. They should yeah. let some of those banks crash. Uh, but look, he makes a very, very, very good point. We should be judging Trump not on his mean tweets, on his policies. Now, the policy that he is the most famous for was build the wall. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and when he first said that, you know, people were shocked. But And the people along the border states, you know, Arizona, Texas, you know, California, they've been living with this. But now the immigration crisis has got so extreme that it's affecting pretty much every state. When they ask American voters, what's the biggest issue for you in this election? It's overwhelmingly immigration. Now, mm. we're all pro-immigration, but gee, you know, legal immigration, please. 
Mm. And, you know, you've got... Orderly your, immigration. Orderly immigration. I mean, sometimes we don't need immigration. You know, sometimes we've got high unemployment. We don't want immigration, okay? Immigration should have one purpose, to help us, to help, uh, you know, America or Australia. And if it's not helping us, we should stop it. Now, the wall, you know, Pat Buchanan proposed the wall in 1992. He's, he's right about most things, Pat. They should build this wall because there's a billion people south of the border in La Central and Latin America. And, you know, a lot of them are poor. And they, you know, they, they, they want to go and live in America. Well, they yep. can apply to live in there legally. That's that's why. But Trump was also right about the tax cuts, as Jamie Dimon said. He, uh, you know, he's basically right, you know, on most things. OK, so uh, I, I hope that this can get through. What he's saying is, look, let's get rid of the anti-Trump hysteria and let's judge him on his policies. And this is why Biden can't run on his policies. He has to go around saying every single day, Trump's Hitler, Trump's Hitler. OK, that's all he's got now. It's got it. I think when they said that four years ago, you had about 5% of the population got swayed by that. Mm -hmm. like, oh, gee, well, gee, that, that sounds terrible. Yeah. I think it's wearing very, very thin. It is. Trump is Hitler line. Yes, it is. It is. And yet they're trying it still. Um, this yeah. week, the US Department of Justice officially acknowledged that authenticity of Hunter Biden's laptop, only four years too late. Um, and it takes me back, and we've been playing some of these Biden grabs from just before the last election when the laptop surfaced about four or five days before the poll, I think it was. Um, Joe Biden even conjured up this giant conspiracy on 60 Minutes. Have a listen. Do you believe the recent leak of material allegedly from Hunter's computer is part of a Russian disinformation campaign? From what I've read and know, the intelligence community warned the president that Giuliani was being fed disinformation from the Russians. And we also know that Putin is trying very hard to spread disinformation about Joe Biden. And so when you put the combination of Russia, Giuliani, the president together, um, it's just what it is. It's a smear campaign because he has nothing he wants to talk about. In this. What is he running on? What is he running on? Joe's favourite fairy tale, John. Well, it just confirms what we all know. Joe just tells lies all the time. He's Pinocchio. But even worse than that is it just shows you how corrupt these so-called intelligence agencies are. You know, when the, you know, the, Donald Trump was robbed in 2020. I'll say it point blank. He was robbed in on multiple, many, many ways. Of course, you know, the, the hysterical COVID pandemic hurt him a lot. And that, that was manufactured. But uh, the what the, 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 there was a classic October surprise in October 2020. The New York the New York Post, the oldest newspaper in America, very respected paper, owned by Aussies, Rupert Murdoch, of course. Um, they they had they had the, the the October surprise of all time. They had a silly Hunter Biden's laptop with all the hookers and drugs and corruption. Okay, Joe Biden knew it was true. Okay, but what, what's worse is. They, they, they had 50 intelligence agencies, you know, the former heads of the CIA, the FBI, the whole flame and lot of them, all these three-letter corrupt agencies, and they all came out and said it's Russian disinformation, and they knew they were lying. This just shows you how bad the deep state is in America. Yeah. Uh, you know, this, this Hunter, look at Trump's kids. They're magnificent. He's got five kids, and they are, they are all productive people, happy marriages. You know, they, they don't get into trouble. Joe Biden's kids are a mess. Okay, it's not just Hunter. Look at look up his daughter if, if you want to see how bad that is. Uh, and so the, the 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 laptop. But yeah, remember when the laptop came out? Is 
Twitter and Facebook and all the big social media programs uh, platforms, they uh, they they froze their accounts. So yep. most people didn't know about it. How bad is this? They talk yep. about Russia Russian elections being corrupt. That's BS. The Russian people, rightly or wrongly, like Putin. Okay, I don't think there's any doubt about that. But no, no, they 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 stole the election. So when Trump when Trump goes on about them stealing the election, well, that's just one example. They stole the election. Yep. And when you're talking about misinformation and disinformation in your country from now on in 2024, 2025, and your country is trying to bring in laws to counter misinformation and disinformation, think back on what John Ruddick just said, because they were being censored based on their own configuration of the truth. Yeah. Who decides what the truth is? That's what free speech is all about. We'll take a quick break and come back with John Ruddick, MLC, from the Libertarian Party, right after this on TNT. TNT's Timothy Shea. The race is essentially now Vivek Ramaswamy and Nikki Haley. Ron disappoints us will be pulling his hat from the ring next. And the issue, as always, is why... Is the Nikki taking so much of the left's money? Well, maybe this will give you a little insight. She credits Hillary Clinton with inspiring her to enter politics, having attended a women's leadership summit at which Hillary spoke. And Nikki said, and I quote, I then had to decide whether I was a Republican or Democrat. See, Nikki has no core beliefs other than doing whatever her globalist masters, paymasters, want her to say. The Reckoning with Timothy Shea on today's News Talk TNT. God's truth is enduringly true throughout all the generations. It transcends culture. The church is always going to be an embattled people. If it's swimming with the tide, it's not being the church of Jesus Christ. Look to the past, learn from the past, because the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. China has more than 200 confirmed cases of coronavirus, it's called. The entire state of California ordered to stay at home, that's 40 California has some of the strictest policies leveled against churches. Gavin Newsom's executive order threatens jail time and a $1,000 a day fine. Government stopping people from going to church, Dr. Fauci. When I went into the White House, when I sat in on the task force meetings, was a shocking level of gross incompetence. The mortality rate from the virus was 0.2%, you know, 99.8% survival, rather than the three or 4% mortality that the, the people were saying at the time. The culture and the understanding of the people of Grace Church has always been, not only do you obey government, but you honor government. Thousands of people in the streets, but you can't have church. The hypocrisy of letting people riot helped us all understand one thing. This is not what they say it is. By meeting, we're testifying the government has no jurisdiction here. I was arrested and driven to a maximum security prison. The government has obviously uh, turned up the heat on churches. My daddy. (laughs) When the churches fall silent, the only religion left is the state. We needed to make a biblical statement because we always put ourselves under the authority of the Word of God. LA County threatened Pastor John MacArthur with jail time and arrest. We were going to be sued. They wanted Grace Church shut down. 
We wanted to go on the offensive and attack the health order as unconstitutional. This wasn't about health and safety. This was all about control and opposition to religious freedom. As the government gets more corrupt and more corrupt, snitches get rewards. Its totalitarian control has to increase. And you have to have a mask on. And as they shut down any attacks against them, this is not about freedom or personal choice. The last thing standing is going to be the church. It's time to switch on today's News Talk Radio. Very entertaining. TNT. Okay, I want to get back to the Middle East just for a second with John Ruddick. John, the Australian Labor government has been caught out today by the Australian newspaper. It has exposed the fact that the government has failed to officially recognise the October 7 attacks in Israel, uh, an international act of terrorism. Now, I can't get this. What are they worried about? It's not as barbaric as others? Well, Chris, it's not like 10 people died or 100 people died. It was over 1,000, well over 1,000, almost 1,500. Yeah. They didn't just die. They It was unbelievable malice. It was from the reports we've read about the rapes and children in ovens and other unspeakable things. It was worse than ISIS. Okay. Mm. It was mm. like, it was like, you know, maximum human cruelty towards other cruelty to yeah. other people. Now, so, so why can't the Australian government um, call this obviously a terrorist attack, just the sheer numbers of death and then the sheer brutality of it? Well, it's because left wing parties in the Anglosphere. Uh, you know, the 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 uh, people who are pro, you know, Hamas, or at least sympathetic to some extent, 90% of them vote for the Labor Party or the Democrats. True. Joe, Joe Biden gave a speech earlier this week and had half a dozen uh, uh, Palestinian uh, activists stood up, interrupted and started chanting, you know, we hate you, Joe Biden, you know, free Palestine. So the, the left, Anthony Albanese, knows that all these seats in Western Sydney and Western Melbourne with a lot of Muslims in it, He's losing their votes. I'll probably go to the Greens, okay, because the Greens have been pretty, you know, somewhat sympathetic to Hamas. And so that this is a political calculation, you know. They, they can't call it, you know, that's, that's, that's dreadful. Which is why Penny Wong is straddling the fence and getting splinters in Gaza and Israel at the moment. Now, you and I speak quite a lot about the brainwashing that goes on in Australian schools over climate change or global boiling. And, you know, kids are never told that no matter what Australia does with CO2, we cannot make a scintilla of difference to the temperature of the planet if you think that that process will change the temperature of the planet and if you think that we need to change the temperature of the planet. And a teenager in the Manchester region of the UK was so enraged about the government's handling of climate change that he wanted to kill 50 people in a series of of terror attacks. This is some of the evidence that's coming out of his court cases at the moment. But this is what happens when, you know, some mentally challenged kids are brainwashed over a fake disaster. You get outcomes like that. It's, it's, it's tragic what's happening. I mean, now, now this is an extreme example of how some kids are reacting to it, but a whole ton of kids, possibly more than half of kids under the age of, uh, you know, 20, uh, really believe the world's coming to an end and they think we really have to take drastic action. Uh, and what I also can't understand is, you know, Britain's done 
Britain's done more for silly climate change than pretty much any other country on Earth. So why be angry at Britain? Yes. The, Chinese, the Chinese are the ones spitting out all this CO2. Doesn't bother me. I like to see people in poor countries get richer. Okay. But, I mean, look, a, a very small number of people, sadly, for whatever reason, whether it's genetics or environment, got mental problems. Uh, and, and they're going to go and do crazy things like this. Now, thank God that little uh, terrorist attack got thwarted. Uh, but I, he's, I blame people like Al Gore and silly Greta Thunberg and these people who are profiting off, whipping up, hysteria over a non-existent issue global boiling is a fairy tale and weak minds unstable minds are falling for it and becoming dangerous yes and this is a prime example of what has occurred as a result in manchester woke worth john you've had a lot to say on social media about woke worth otherwise known known as woolworths in australia they they're not faring very well financially especially since they decided to trash australia day funny that <laughs> uh yes the share price is down uh now look i want to make it clear woolworths is a private company and they're welcome to do whatever they want okay but the consumers are also welcome to do whatever they want and we're also uh welcome to call for a boycott and I don't often disagree with Peter Dutton. I think he's weak, uh, but I think he's a better bloke than Scobo. But I think he's weak. But he was uh, he was bold, calling for a Woolworths boycott. Now, uh, and, and I support it one hundred percent. I don't just support the boycott on Australia Day. I support a permanent boycott until we. And I really mean, I, there's no way on God's earth I'm going to go. I, I I I'll be starving to death before I go in and get a, a loaf of bread from uh, Woolworths. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Until they change their thing. I now, agree. Now, what what's happened? What's happened here is. Um, I, I did some research earlier today. In 2021, Woolworths set up an Indigenous group advisory board. There's seven people on it. Uh, now, was the advisory board to say how we can grow sales amongst the Indigenous community? No, of course not. It wasn't about, it wasn't about real. No, it was about corporate image. Of course. I'd love to know how much those seven people are getting paid, Chris. I'd love to. <laughs> Wouldn't I'd you love, love to know? I, I, I could guess they have six meetings a year. And he's you know, <laughs> that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now it's two hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, just to sort of yeah keep yeah keep the weight uh, credit points up. Now I bet what's happened. I don't have evidence, but you know, you know, put two and two together. I bet this little indigenous advisory council. I mean, they've got to do something, Chris, don't they? They've got to yeah. they got to come up with something. So what have they said? Oh yeah, they're really creative. They come up. Oh, we get a boycott Woolworths. Okay. Now that Woolworths has said, oh, we're only not stocking Australia Day stuff because uh, it doesn't sell. BS. I don't. I call BS oh, on that shit. Woolworths management. It's because of this silly little advisory board, this race-based advisory board, has said we're going to boycott Australia. Yeah. I can't understand how people don't love Australia. Now, I'm critical of our governments in this country. Australia truly is the lucky country. You know, we, we've got a small population and we've got a whole continent to ourselves. A whole, mm. There's 200 countries on earth and, and we're, the only, weather. We, we're the only one that can say we've got a whole continent to ourselves, surrounded by beautiful oceans. We used to be scared of Asia. Now Asia's booming. That's great for us. Mm. Okay. We used to fear about them invading us. So they did invade us, the Japanese, in the 1940s. Okay, but, you know, it's we really are, and we've got all these natural resources. We've basically got very good people here. Our, our migrants, on balance, are very good. You know, yep. you know and 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 uh, and people hate Australia. How could half the country would genuinely, this is not an exaggeration, half of the country, half the people of the world would say, look, if you cut off your right arm, you get Australian citizenship. I think you know, they'd be lining up in the billions. Yeah. So who hates Australia Day? It's people who have self-hate, they're miserable yeah. people. So they Correct. have to hate things that are good like Australia. 
Yeah. I love Australia Day. I'm looking forward to it this time next week, Chris. Don't move. Don't move. I want to go to a news break and I want to keep you here because someone has just sent me something from a photograph they took in the streets of Redfern, which for those who don't know, is the centre of uh, uh, Indigenous living in Sydney. And so we will get to that in just a second. But some news right now on TNT. I got a news flash for you. News flash. TNT Radio News. Matt Boyland here with your TNT headlines. After taunting congressional leaders for weeks and crying foul to the press, the US President's son, Hunter Biden, has reluctantly agreed to testify in private next month as part of the House's impeachment investigation into his father. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has confirmed he wants to seize control of Gaza once the war ends. And US Congress has passed another short-term funding bill, preventing a government shutdown until at least March. Are you enjoying listening to TNT Radio? Do you think we're doing a good job? Then please let us know. Why not leave us a like or a positive review or comment on Facebook, Gab or Getter. Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time on today's news talk, TNT Radio. We will get to Sally Grover very shortly, but John Ruddick, I noticed um, that there is a celebration going on in Redfin. Usually what happens in Redfin, that is the starting point for a January 26 Australia Day protest rally by Indigenous peoples. Now, that might still be going on, and I'm sure it will be, but there was uh, a friend of mine, um, John, has sent me a photograph, photograph of a flag that's hanging from a flagpole in that Redfern town area, uh, right near the station, and uh, there's a big poster there. It's sponsored by Koori Radio, uh, 93.7 FM, and it says Yabun, Y-A-B-U-N, or Yabun. Now, Yabun means, in Gadigal language, music to a beat. So they are commemorating, I don't know whether they're commemorating Australia Day, but they're certainly having a music festival of sorts celebrated with the support of the local radio station on January the 6th, the 26th. So not just a protest. I don't know what you read into that, John. Well, you know, you know, Chris, what I lived at Collarinabri, um, west of Moree for a couple of years, which is a 70% Aboriginal town. I had yep. a lot of close Aboriginal friends. Now, this is at the time when the Australian cricket team was in these head-to-head -head battles, very dramatic battles with the West Indies, a fully black team. And I can remember being in a house with about 18 Aborigines, and these Aborigines were cheering their hearts out for Australia. Okay, because so they, they if, if, if racial identity was the biggest thing in their world, they would have been going for the West Indies. Yeah, now, they genuinely loved Australia, and it was lovely to see. Now, what yeah. what's happened in the in the generation since is the Aborigines have very sadly you know, had it fed to them by left wing uh, white people. You've got to hate your country. Now it doesn't work out. Okay, mm. now, we can't change the past. We can change the future. We can mm. learn from the past, but we we can change it. And it's uh, you know I I. We, the libertarians are 100% race-blind people. We just don't believe your ancestry is important. We believe your actions today are important and we think your future is everything. So this, this you know, it, people should be interested in their personal family story. I'm interested in who my great-grandparents were, okay? And I'm interested in friends of mine. I'm interested in what their family story is as well. But that's really where it ends. Mm -hmm. Your ancestry is, uh, has, should carry no political weight. And I feel very sorry that, 
that so many Aborigines have been misled. I still think my, the majority of Aborigines in Australia are very proud of Australia. Yeah, yeah, I think there's a lot of that, and I know a lot through the South Sydney Rugby League team that think that too. That's right. Yeah. Now, you've been exposing what local councils are up to in creating a surveillance state in New South Wales. You want to lead a resistance to this at this year's local government elections. What's the excuse for putting CCTV cameras everywhere and filming us? We're having a surveillance state erected before our eyes, and it's happening at the local council level. Okay, so if it was coming in through the federal parliament or the state parliament, there'd be a lot more political debate about it. Okay, but it's coming in through stealth uh, via the local councils. Now, I challenge people in New South Wales, and I think it's all across the country. I challenge them to type into their favourite search engine, uh, you know, the name of their local council and the word smart cities. And they've all got 90% of them. They've got these pages on how they're bringing in this surveillance state for our own good. Okay. But they, they, are, they are wanting to monitor us, monitor our movements. It's all, it's, they're not telling you this, but this is what it's about. It's about global boiling. Okay. They want, to, they want us to live in 15 minute cities. They want to track where we go and what we do and what our carbon footprint is. Okay. So it's so, not about stopping crime. No, no. Look, look. Yeah, the, the current CCTV that we have, which you know are not on all the time, and they we only use them if there is a crime. I think they've been pretty effective at reducing crime. Now they are they are dangerous as well because they can also be flipped into a surveillance state. But mm. no, these new ones are tracking our cars and our movements, and it, you know it's it's happening all around the world. But Chris, it's happening most in Australia. Now they that they saw how compliant we were, most of us were during the COVID hysteria. And they're thinking, oh, well, they want to bring it all around the world. They want it. It's a Chinese social credit system, okay? And it's happening right here, right now. So, yes, the Liberal Party and the Labor Party don't care about it. They're engineering half of it. The Libertarians are going to be contesting the New South Wales elections in September this year. I'm going to be announcing it in Parliament in February. Good. We are going to highlight this issue. We are going to say, if you want to stop the surveillance state, the George Orwell nightmare, it's coming at you at a million miles an hour. Yeah. There's only one party that's going to stand up against it in New South Wales, and that is the Libertarian Party. Yeah, Pelly writes in the chat box, abolish local government entirely. That wouldn't be a bad idea, John. No, no, can't agree. No, no. no if we've got to get rid of government, Chris, get rid of the federal government, I promise you. Turn Australia into six different countries. The, 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 the more remote our government is, the more dangerous it is, the more powerful it or, is. Or we get rid of the upper houses of state parliament, you know, the one you're in? Absolutely not. <laughs> we, the, Labor Party, <laughs> the Labor Party has tried to do that on several occasions, but in the 1970s, Bob Askin constitutionally entrenched it. We could, we can get rid of the upper house, but there'd have to be a vote of all the people in New South Wales. No, 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 no. We, look, we, we, need, we, need, we need two chambers. So if one chamber is a bit dictatorial, at least we've got a little bit of a, a release valve with another chamber. So uh, Okay. That's a discussion for another day. Fantastic to have you on, mate. You enjoy your weekend, and we look forward to having you and seeing you again next week. Say good day to the very courageous Sal Grover. I'm a big fan of her on Twitter. Now, I don't think her and I politics overlap that often, but on her major issue, I think she's a, a terrific Australian under fire, and we appreciate her very much. Well, she'll be hearing that. She'll be hearing that. You've just done so. Thank you, John. Appreciate it. Okay, mate. See you next Thursday. Is that right? Yeah, next Thursday. For those people who are waiting for John on a Friday, he's moving to Thursday. Um, It's not a big move, but it's a move nonetheless. And if you like to listen to John on this particular program, you'll hear him on Thursday, not Friday. All right? Great. Thanks, mate. Bye-bye. Leader of the New South Wales Libertarian Party, John Ruddick. Now, I'm quickly getting through John because I want to get to Sally Grover. Now, I want to get to Sally Grover this way. 
The administration of Melbourne's Royal Children's Hospital, as I mentioned earlier in the program, is determined to become a prime clinic for controversial gender transitioning. In fact, despite widespread criticism from psychiatrists and doctors, some of whom I've had on this program, Royal Children's gender-affirming care is open to children as young as three. Now, it's a trend that medical authorities worldwide are now arguing against, if you follow it closely. To discuss this and more, we're joined by Sally Grover, an Australian writer, app developer and women's rights activist. Uh, In 2019, in Australia, Sal founded Giggle, a networking app for women. Sal is being taken to court now, as you may know, because she wants her Giggle app to remain female only and excluded a transgender woman, a biological man, mind you, from joining the app. And it's shaping as quite a landmark case in Australia. Sal Grover, welcome back to TNT. Happy New Year to you. Thanks so much for having me. Happy New Year to you too. Gee, John Ruddick said some nice things about you. He did. Thank you so much, John. <laughs> yeah, dear, oh dear. Did you get a chance to have a break um, through the course of the uh, New Year and Christmas? I mean, not really. When you're not like when you're sort of in a huge big court case like Tickle Big Giggle, when you even if you're not working on it for the whole day or doing stuff, you're sort of surrounding it and just with this issue in general, you're thinking about it. So it's just it's constant, but that's fine. Breaks in the future. It's, it's okay. encompassing your life, but you didn't you didn't think it would encompass your life in the way it is at the moment, did you? No, I mean, it's completely turned my life upside down purely because I know what a woman is. I mean, at the end of the day, all that's um, up for debate here is, is this particular man a woman? And I say no. And um, while I obviously have evidence, facts, reality on my side, um, the Australian law is very muddled, not necessarily against, like, it's not necessarily against me, but it is incredibly muddled because they introduced gender identity into the Sex Discrimination Act. So because a woman is actually a sex-based concept, it's just an adult human female, like how um, a you is the word for like an adult female sheep. You know, it's just we have words to describe biological reality. It's not an identity. So uh, the Tickle Big Giggle case, as ridiculous as that case's name is, you couldn't make it up. Um, It is a serious case. It's the first case in the world that's directly um, asking what is a woman um, in legal terms and engaging CEDAW, which is the UN's Convention of um, Prevention of Violence and Discrimination Against Women, because our Sex Discrimination Act was actually founded upon that convention and gender identity was just smooshed in there in 2013 and we're all expected to go along with it. Most people don't even know it. Um, And so that if you then see a man who says he's a woman and you go, that's clearly a man, you can get in a lot of trouble. But if slash when we win this, you won't. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's an important case. And the implications will be worldwide because this gender ideology issue is worldwide. But anyone who wants to know more about the case is welcome to go to googlecrowdfund.com and all the information is there. Yeah. Okay. Now, Melbourne's Royal Children's Hospital is offering gender-affirming care for children as young as three. I've had doctors on this program, uh, very respected doctors who've worked at times at the Royal Children's Hospital, um, crash tackle the administration for what they're doing. The hospital claims that treatments for young children who are yet to reach puberty focus on gender affirmation and taking, oh, sorry, talking to the child and their family 
gee wow, as well as ensuring adequate support is in place both at school and at home. Sal, what could go wrong? Everything. Everything can go wrong. I mean, gender ideology in general is basically pushing out this concept that people can be born in the wrong body, which you don't have to think too long about to realise is absolute nonsense. No one is born in the wrong body. We are our bodies. Um, And so if you have a child who is saying that they are born in the wrong body um, or that, you know, there's a little boy that says he's a girl or a girl that says she's a boy, um, well, kids have imaginations and can think those sorts of things. For it to be taken seriously, it's the adults in the room pushing that. It's kind of like the the, the comparison all the time is if there's like a vegetarian cat, we know who's making the decisions. It's not the cat. Um, It's the same here. And so... It gets really sinister pretty quickly when you start to think about um, why they would be pushing for this concept of a trans child because basically they need to have the ideology itself for it to sound like or seem and come across that it's this innate concept. It needs to be that children are affected by it as well, where in reality this is actually an issue that's mainly just um, middle-aged and older men who are who have a sexual fetish called autogynophilia, which means they're aroused at the concept that they're a woman. But to get sympathy and and privileges from that, they've sort of pushed this on to children, and it's it's a nightmare. Oh, totally. Why? Look, if we, and I think we've spoken about this before, but if we don't allow our children to vote before they're 18 or even go into a hotel before they're 21, in the case of the United States, what are we doing allowing three-year-olds to have any say whatsoever in the problems that they have with their sexuality. It just is weird stuff that should not be allowed. It's so weird. I mean, I have an 18-month-old. I mean, young children, they can't take care of themselves. They can't fend for themselves. They can't make decisions because they don't know anything. A three-year-old has absolutely no idea really what it means to be male or female. Um, you know, you could have children like a little girl who wants to play with trucks or a little boy who wants to play with Barbie dolls. There's no problem. Let That's them, different. They just, who cares? Like, yeah. kids can play with whatever they want. Let them have an imagination. I mean, you can have kids that say that they're a pirate. It's not like you go and, like, cut off their leg and give them a wooden leg. Why, if they're saying they're a girl, if they're a boy or whatever, that you're actually going and taking that seriously? Yeah. And with Places like the, sort of the gender institute, uh, uh, medical institutions in Australia are just running in the opposite direction of evidence. Like I'm at the point where like for the Royal Melbourne whatever hospital, I wouldn't go there for anything. I don't trust because if they're going to deny biological reality like this with vulnerable children, what are they doing to everyone else? Yeah. I don't want to band-aid from these people. Yeah, good point. I've got to take a quick break and I'll come back, Sally, just in a second. Um, I do want to talk about um, what's going on worldwide because there seems to be a completely different approach to puberty blockers and also surgery of children worldwide as opposed to Melbourne. And so they're flying in the face of the trend uh, elsewhere. But we'll talk about that right after a break with Sally Grover on TNT. While serving in Vietnam, a grenade took my ability to see. Today, I'm a sculptor, creating new visions. Now, my fingers are my eyes. As a veteran, I know the challenges of life can be great. In my art, turning a lump of clay into something beautiful, that means a lot to me. Life is like that. We each must use what we can to make things better. 
DAV helps veterans like Michael get the benefits they've earned. They help more than a million veterans every year in life-changing ways. Now, I show others how they can create something with their own hands. With support from DAV, more veterans can shape their lives into a thing of beauty. My victory is bringing beauty into the world. Michael Naranjo, may your victories inspire many more. Support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. We all know what it's like to feel alone. But it just takes one new connection. Want to get out of here? To empower many. This is unbelievable. It doesn't take a superhero to bring forces together. We all have the power to reach out. Let's go! And help someone feel like they belong. Pretty cool, huh? We are stronger together. Focused on the facts. Chris Smith on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Sal Grover is our special guest. And look, what needs to be done? You know, the likes of Melbourne's uh, hospital, Melbourne's Royal Children's Hospital, which has got a great reputation in the state of Victoria for fixing kids. Um, And I've done some documentaries there and they've been fantastic. But they're going down a woke track here that is not going to do their reputation any good because right across the Western world, if they're looking, many doctors, psychiatrists and detransitioners are sounding the alarm about these clinics, especially in the UK. Um, We've got serious questions about what we don't know when it comes to puberty blockers and surgery. And so this hospital seems to be going in a completely different direction to the rest of the world. Oh, completely. Like, if being in Australia feels like we're in a different time zone or a different planet to everywhere else. It's like, and we're in the age of information and technology. It's like we can all, as globally, find out all this information at the same time. There's really no excuse for what they're doing. Um, exactly. Just And to double down on, um, you know, performing what are very experimental procedures on children, is a risk that I would have thought no one would be willing to take. I mean, you say that they've got a great reputation and um, they they won't for much longer and I would dare to say ever again. I mean, you don't trust people who do this to children. Exactly. Now, the World Health Organisation says it's new gender-affirming healthcare guideline, why they got their noses in this, will not cover children and adolescents because the evidence base is too weak On review, the evidence base for children and adolescents is limited and variable regarding the longer-term outcomes of gender-affirming care for children and adolescents. Um, Now, I don't know whether to take that as something that's positive or negative, but this shouldn't be a green light for further affirmation either. In fact, it may leave clinicians and hospitals in some legal dramas down the track. Um, I hope that everybody who has um, been part of this sort of medical scandal eventually gets, you know, sort of the money truck backs up to their house and they never have to work a day in their life again because they've been abused by people they should be able to trust. I mean, it's when we're talking about gender affirming stuff and all the stuff they're doing to kids, it's obviously horrific. But it's at the same time, it's not like when you turn 18, suddenly you can change sex or um, that having these procedures is suddenly good for you. It doesn't mean that taking synthetic um, opposite sex hormones is good for you or that removing, you know, if you're a man, removing your genitals is good or a woman just getting an medically unnecessary hysterectomy is good. None of it. So age is in a way 
irrelevant when you're going to talk about like the long-term effects or even if this is moral. I actually am against it for everyone while also being very aware that as an adult you do, you know, have the right to do what you want with your own body. But that right is then going to obviously clash with a doctor's oath to do no harm. So at the moment, doctors are doing harm. And look, especially as teenagers, I, I, I remember back as a teenager myself, there were so many things I wish had never happened or so many decisions I wanted to make, I was allowed to make, I wish I'd never made. But these are decisions that are, in the main, irreversible, irreversible. Completely. Like, your genitals don't grow back. Your uterus doesn't grow back. If you've had a double mastectomy, it doesn't grow back. But also, you don't get time back. So, you know, with, say, puberty blockers, they always say it's just a pause button. Well, it's not because you're not, your body and, like, how um, biology works, there's this window of time for puberty to happen so that your body develops how it should. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not like you can put a pause and then go through puberty at 25. And even if you could, mind you, going through puberty at 25 not a great thing. I mean, you, you no. just don't get time back. So every part of this is an absolute lie. And it's just an ideological capture of institutions, of governments, of the medical community, um, of something that is so blatantly wrong. You feel like we are living in a draft of 1984 that Orwell went, this is too insane. I can't print this. But it, that's what it is. It's what it is and what it feels like every second of the day. Exactly. Exactly. A 42-year-old soldier who recently announced his gender transition is slamming the Spanish army for putting up obstacles to his use of female changing rooms. Francisco LG first began changing his legal documents early last year following the enactment of Spain's controversial trans law. Francisco says he has no intention of changing his name or undergoing any alterations to his body. I wonder how Australian Human Rights Commission would react to Francisco's plans, Sal? Well, I wish you had a photo of him because he looks like you. Like, so for anyone listening or watching, like, this is who you've got to just picture for this guy who's claiming to be a woman. It's just Chris. Like, it's, it's literally no different. I mean, if anyone wants to, more information, I think it's um, Read Up's magazine that broke the story on that, and they're awesome. Um, the Australian Human Rights Commission would be on his side. And the reason I know this is because the Australian Human Rights Commission intervened in Tickle Be Giggle as amicus curiae, and they are, which means friend of the court, but they are in no way a friend of mine. They are very much on Team Tickle, um, and they are arguing that there's basically there's no such thing as biological sex, and biological sex can be changed, and men or women, and even just a man's desire to be pregnant is sufficient evidence that he's a woman. They also say in it that, you know, you can have all of this gender affirming stuff because they've got to cover their things there, that, yes, that's really important. But also, if you choose to do nothing, that's completely valid as well. And when you're reading this document, and it's actually publicly available on the federal court website, you're reading this and it's just basically, so any man can just say he's a woman and then we just have to accept that. I mean, and it's, it's, a, it's the Australian Human Rights Commission going all in on the human rights of predatory men and i'm going to say predatory because no good man wants to go into a female only space no That's, they're good because they just stay away the moment a man wants to go into what is a female only space alarm bells go off you go i don't trust why you want to go in here and if you're going to use the courts to do it i don't think much higher of you yeah i'm with you one last one the u.s supreme court has decided it will not hear a case 
centering on the debate over bathrooms for trans transgender students. The decision came on Tuesday despite an appeal from Indiana's Metropolitan School District of Martinsville. School officials hoped the court would not require allowing transgender students to use the bathrooms of their choosing. They wanted a, they wanted some kind of ruling and some kind of guideline, but the Supreme Court rejected the case without even commenting. They don't want to make decisions in this area, do they? They don't. I mean, I can, all I can think of is maybe that, from my understanding, is that they really just want to, in the US, make it a state's issue. But even with the US Supreme Court, like, you know, one of the most famous and celebrated Supreme Court justices of all time was Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And yeah. her landmark case was literally on the basis of sex. That's what she was famous for. Mm. So that's how far we've fallen. Um, yeah, I mean, it is always a question of um, how captured are our major institutions. It's very, very scary and worrying. Um, mm. Because, you know, once you've got anybody in an institution who, say, has transed their child or knows someone who has, the ideology just infiltrates that in yep. that entire institution yep. um, very, very dangerously. And, you know, in with, with the bathroom issue specifically, you know, bath, male and female bathrooms exist for actually really valid reasons. The women had to fight to get them in, to begin with. We're only just like sort of 100 years and change into women even having them. They were so that women could participate in society because, because we needed the safety, safety, privacy and dignity of female-only spaces to be able to do that. That's basically the history in a nutshell and why they're necessary. And so suddenly for these people to go, oh, I don't even know why they're necessary. Um it's just it's just to appease these people who are either mentally ill or have a sexual fetish. And yeah, yeah. I have run out of having any sort of patience with it. Yeah, however, however, I know you've run out of patience with it. And I, I've I get that feeling every time I speak to you, but it's people like you that we rely on to keep talking about this because yeah. when you decide I'm tired of this, I'll just sort out my court case and then move out of the space. Well, those who have the ide ideology and are reconstructing cultures inside hospitals and other institutions will continue to do so. Oh, completely. I mean, I literally, if this has to end up being my life's work, then that's that's where I'm at. I won't, I will not stop until it Excellent. is fully established in law and society that men are not women and that children cannot be harmed. Just And that freedom of belief and freedom of speech matter. I, I won't rest until that is very much established. And Brilliant doesn't take the next 50 years but if it does then that's where we're at we like you we appreciate you we respect you more than anything um we need people like you sal grover thank you very much for your time we will catch up soon thank you so much chris good on you appreciate that sal grover um and i mean that you know i could tell that this court case is dominating and changing her life and her life has changed forever which is what we spoke about at the beginning of the interview but i just hope and she's reassured us i just hope that that doesn't dissuade her from fighting the good fight it's a fight we need to keep fighting because science is on our side here um sex is binary there's man there's woman you can't change it sorry no matter what you cut off no matter what you put on and no matter how many drugs you take you're a man or a woman now I think I've run out of time. I have run out of time. The sands on the hourglass have ended up at the bottom, which means I am out of here. But Dean Mackin is behind the microphone when I move out of there and you hear a little bit of news. And then I'll be back at the same time on Monday. I intend to have a fantastic weekend and I do hope that you can as well. 
We'll catch up then. This is Chris Smith on TNT.